weekly Wednesday share, which ordinarily would not happen because it's tiny sister, and usually Wednesday night would be Purim, and therefore would not be able to give the shear. But Baruch Hashem, due to change the schedule, we are recording a shear for Purim, a Purim shear. If not, it's Purim today. Lil Nishmas Rizmas Elchanan Ezra and Shimon Ben Yitzchak and Mashabas Yitzchak. Erev Purim. Erev Yom Tov is always a very rushed day and everything exciting. There's a lot happening. Erev Purim is a fast day always. Well, not always. Purim comes out on Sunday. Then the fast would be on Thursday before, because we don't fast on Friday except for Asad Abitavis. But generally, <coughs> Yud Gimel is a fast day, and Yud Dalit is Purim. And so to today, in preparation for Purim, we are fasting. Purim, as we said last week, is Kippurim. Yem Kippur is similar to Purim, as holy as Purim. But yet, Yom Kippur, we eat Erev Yom Kippur, and Purim, we fast Erev Purim. It's not an anomaly. Obviously, to achieve the greatness of Purim, we fast. <coughs> the question is, one of the things, Chayiv, English, the Psumi Purya, person is obligated to have the certain mitzvahs of Purim and to spread and to glorify the name of the day of Purim is it enough to do it by night do we have to do it by day do we have to do both so the truth to be told that there's a Siddhas Purim has to be by day before Shkia however many Yisrael is at night to see to it that there's a nice tablecloth set up and even candles lit, and that we have a shtikl suda. Now, it's not a problem really convincing people to have a shtikl suda tonight, considering they're fasting all day. So they have a little bit of a, a repast, make it a little nicer than usual meal after a fast. However, we all know that on an empty stomach, most people cannot tolerate any kind of, any level of liquor. It goes straight to the head. And eventually they say that the, uh, my head is going straight to the liquor. <coughs> eventually they don't know if their head is a liquor, or the liquor is their head, or if their head is just plain liquid. So an empty stomach is not advisable to drink. And obviously even just taking it, breaking your fast on whatever small food, whatever food you're going to have, probably not the best idea to sit and drink tonight. But then again, not the best idea to sit and drink tomorrow either. But you have to say the chayim. 
That's it, If you have a good tolerance level, you can say it on whiskey. But, Tevlev Mishnah Tamid refers to always Yayin. Wine. Therefore, the people that drink strong wines and get affluenced by the alcohol and wine is the recommended Shulchan Aruch wise many people will see to it to take other alcoholic beverages shall we say Under 40 years old, the Rebbe put down a decree to not drink more than four Lachaims. Now, time in history, when you said a Lachaim, you had a small kelichke, a small shot glass. And that was your Lachaim. So if over a span of an hour or two, sitting by a meal or by a fabreng and you took four shot glasses of l'chaim, you might feel a little happier, but it shouldn't really impair you as a person. I wouldn't recommend you drive after. I don't care what kind of lightweight you are, heavyweight you are. Do your own breathalyzer test. If you feel you smell from liquor, you don't drive. Unfortunately, you have people called the Chassid Sheta who says, for the Chaims, okay, no problem, and they take nine ounce glasses or bigger, and they say the Chaim on one of those four times. Obviously, it's not going to have a very good effect in the, in the, end, in the end run, the end game. Over 40... Over 40. Getting drunk is ugly. Being shikr is not becoming. A person does not need, a chassid especially, does not need anything to enhance his simcha, to inhibit his mannerisms, and we all need to remember that Nichnas Yayin said, when the wine goes in, the secrets come out. And unfortunately, not everybody has such beautiful secrets. So as we say in English, Haltuch Tzizich, Haltuch in the Ramen. And control it. Control your alcohol intake. Not saying don't say L'chaim. Ad It's a mitzvah to say L'chaim. Know your limits. And don't make believe you know your limits. Don't make believe that I am better than anyone else and I have no limits. 
it doesn't only affect you and your liver. It affects everyone around you. Family, friends, neighbors. You don't know the difference in Haman and Baruch and Baruch Marachai anyway. With the liquor, without the liquor. <coughs> you think you know the difference between a blessing and a curse. <coughs> these people I bless, and these people I curse. You think you know what a blessing is, what a curse is. You think you know what a Haman is, you think you know what a Marachai is. And therefore you are concerned to achieve the level on Purim of not knowing the difference between Arham and Baruch Marachai. This is what keeping you awake at night. This is what's keeping your life going. Knowing the difference. And if you know it, I wasn't yet to put him Kassel. Put him is about Simcha. Joy of Mishinichnas Adamarm Besimcha. Joy of Simcha's Chaim. Family, friends, camaraderie, letting people know and showing people how important enjoying a proper yamtif is. I've told this story before, but I think it's good I tell it every every year for him. I love it. This bacham used to go mifsayim every Friday. Still do probably. We all do. And there's one record of particular that was very interesting, and very interested in what they had to say, and didn't just want to put on film, he wanted to learn a little bit always, he wanted to do And he started getting into you know, tell us what Shabbos is, what Yom Tov is, tell us what things are. He was very, very... And they told him Purim was coming. Oh, it's a happy holiday, they explained to him, he says... Maybe we do Purim in my house. I'll invite some friends and we do Purim in my house. The Bacharim said a great opportunity. They said, no problem. We'll bring the food because obviously his kasha standards were not up to level. We'll do the food. And it was a Sunday and the fellow called a bunch of friends, neighbors to come. He has some guys coming over. They're going to do Purim. They're going to do the Megillah. They're going to have some Diritator. They're going to hear some words of inspiration. Kumtz. And Kachav, everybody came together, he had a beautiful crowd. However, for some gosh forsaken reason, he lives in Manhattan, and the boys were coming from Brooklyn with all their food. They had a beautiful car full of food, smelling so good and everything, but unfortunately the traffic, for some reason, whatever it was, was unbearable. It took them two hours to get to the city. It was a Sunday. It took them two hours to get to the city, and the party dissipated. People were gone. Came in and they had found a very, very distraught host. 
how do you do this to me? But he left. What's going on over here? In the meantime, all of a sudden, the wife came out and she started screaming and yelling at them, belittling, berating them, you Jews. It's a Jewish thing. They got a strange vibe, but they left. They apologized. The next Friday, the Baruch had to go back out on his Messiah. He wanted to know, should I go to this guy or not? I don't know if the guy's going to let me in or throw me out. He says, listen, I don't go for me, I go for him. He needs to put on the film, I'm going. And he comes to the fellow, and the fellow is so happy to see him. How are you, was it? He said, excuse me? Not excuse me, but they said, oh, wonderful, <laughs> he's in a good mood. He says, I gotta I got tell you what happened. We prepared a great crowd, we had a great party, we were ready to go. We didn't have any food, because you were bringing the food. In the meantime, as you know, everybody left. You came late. When you guys left my house, because you guys came in with beards and everything, my wife was from a different faith, well, as we say in English, Ashiksa got very angry and started screaming and cursing and yelling. This is what you Jews are all about. You Jews, you this Jews, those Jews, 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 Jews. She wouldn't let up. And she finally picked herself up, packed herself up, and packed out of the house. And here I'm trying to become Fruma, and it's obviously not helping with her having a Ashiksa in the house. So now, you cleaned house me. Saying slichas, in the great city is your best bet. So they figured out that Gamzul Teva, not only Gamzul Teva, but they saved his Yid from Meshiksa, and Baruch Hashem, he became a total from Yid. Story of Purim. The miracles of Purim. Obviously today would be even a bigger miracle, because to sit two hours in traffic and the gas prices the way they are would not be a happy thing. Cost more than the whole meal. Let's focus a little bit on the Megillah. And then, of course, the Shabbos Parshat Tzav, which is an off Shabbos, as we call it, because it's not one of the Dal Parshis. Zachar was last Shabbos. This Shabbos is an off Shabbos. The next Shabbos will be Para. And the Shabbos have Tachedish. And the women are starting to throw things at the screen now. Anyone that's listening to the Shia and saying, Shut up, shut up, don't say it, don't say it. Yes, Pesach is upon us. Uh, you know, we wish each other for a Yom Tif, for a holiday each. Each one has a different blessing. For Rosh Hashanah, for Yom Kippur, to be inscribed in the New Year, etc. Purim is supposed to be freilich. We're supposed to be happy. 
So in the olden days, in the normal way, they would say, Afreilach and Purim. Happy Purim. And Pesach is very strict, the stringencies of the laws. They say, Akosha, Passover. Today we changed it. It's a whole different thing, a whole different era, a whole different world. Today we say, Akosha, Purim, and a happy Pesach. Well, it happened. Because, unfortunately, nobody really wants to hear what I have to say about liquor and about drinking. I don't go to AA because I don't need it. I never had to. But unfortunately, people do imbibe more than they should. And they have on their table the shalach manas and all the baskets with the chocolates, with the this, with the that. And then they have the meal, the beautiful meal, the fleshiks with the, the kreplach and halopchis and whatever else they have on the meal. So here we are, fleshik, not knowing which world you're in, and all of a sudden you see the basket of your favorite chocolate, and you a and I chocolate, a nice dairy chocolate. So we wish each other a kosher Purim. We should not, God forbid, have such a thing happen to us. Pesach is traumatic already. It's become a trauma in people's lives. And as Rabbi Zalman Shimon once said, dust is not chametz, and the children are not kosher for carbon Pesach. So the women that are wiping down ceilings and walls and floors and, and, and windows and behind bookcases and behind everything else to get the dust it's not really chametz. Oh, it's in a good mood today. And the children that are always being attacked and screamed at and yelled at, don't walk here, don't go there, don't do this, don't do that, and are really traumatized from the whole preparations, they're not kosher for carbon Pesach. You can't bring them as a sacrifice. You can't beat up on them. But when we come to the actual Seder, we are so exhausted, and so wiped out, and so stressed out. And especially this year, the first Seder is a Friday night. Wow! That cuts us time, cuts our time down. Everything has to be prepared. We'll talk about it much closer to Pesach. And everything is just such, and you can't even make the salt water, as we said before. It's, it's going to be a high strong. It should be a Freilich and Pesach. Let it be a happy Yom Tov. Don't let the stress get to you. Definitely don't let the stress kill you, Chassashol. And uh, time in history, a lot of people had heart attacks with Chmanon Sanar and Pesach. Hashem provides. There are many different charities today. If one needs to go come on to that, don't be shy. Especially today, <clears throat> in America, we have a wonderful expression. It's called asking for a friend. There's no reason to be shy. There's no reason not to take advantage of the mitzvahs people that are giving out, distributing food, etc.,
Don't double dip. Unless you need it. If one organization doesn't give enough, you have to go to the second to get, you could do that. Problem is, unfortunately, some people are in a trauma mode. And since they unfortunately don't have, now they see people giving here and people giving there, they just keep taking and they take things they don't even need. And they're taking away from other people that do need. So make sure you take what you need. Have a full house of food. <coughs> don't hesitate to make a full plate. Don't hesitate and say, oh, it's enough for me if I only have this. Make sure Yom Tov is plenty and Hashem should bless all of us to have William Tavim with full plates and full houses plentiful and we should be zeichet to eat from the Karim Pesach this year in Yerushalayim let's get back to focus a little bit on Purim if the voice can hold out for the rest of this year Haman <coughs> takes his instructions from Achashverosh, the garments, the royal garments. <sighs> he was a character, this Haman, shall you say the least. He played best buds with Achashverosh. Would give him any kind of opportunity, he would have knocked Achashverosh's head off. Or he maybe even hired Bigson Vesesh for it. and felt that he should be the successor to the king. The night Megillah tells us, and the person leading the Megillah raises their voice a little higher than the rest of the time they were reading, because here is the main miracle, that night, the king's sleep was distraught, was totally rocking. He couldn't sleep, tossing and turning. He felt that something's amiss. So he had a book of all the favors that were done for him. And he called in his servant and said, bring the book. Let's read from the book. See if we, maybe I owe somebody a favor. That's why I can't sleep. And lo and behold, tells us the Megillah, they read about Marachai. And the Medrash is a beautiful Medrash over there. It tells us that the servant that was reading was, was Haman's son. And when he opened the book, he told him, they used to open the book random. And he opened the book randomly and he saw the story of Marachai saved the king's life. He tried to turn the page. Malach Machol came running and turned the page back. And then every time he tried turning the page away from that page, the Malach put back the page to Marachai. Finally the king said, what are you doing? Read! And he had no choice but to read about Marachai. And he read that Marachai saved the king's life and the king says, and what do we do for him? 
To date, nothing. At that point, frustrated Haman had prepared a wonderful high gallow for Mordechai. And he was coming to tell the king in the middle of the night, mind you. Who knows if there was some other plot that he had in mind there for the middle of the night. But he was going to come tell the king about hanging Mordechai on this tree. And he comes to the king and they just finished reading about the greatness of Mordechai. And Akashvedish heard nothing was ever done for Marachai to repay him. So he turns to Haman and he says, Hey, Haman, you're my good advisor. And he didn't even ask him, What are you doing here in the middle of the night? Actually, he didn't know what was who's in the, who was lurking in the dark over there. He said, Who's out there? And he says, Me, Haman. He says, Come on, could you hear? I wanted to ask you a question. You're a good advisor of mine. You always give me this great advice, like killing Vashti, etc. What should I do with somebody that I really owe a favor to? I want to do something nice. I, I mean, this is a big favor he did me. I owe him a solid, as we say in America. Haman could think of nobody else, especially since his kid was reading the book. They must be talking about him. He says, Kingi! Shverosh. I'm sure he had some kind of Aki. What, what kind of nickname did he call him? King Akashverosh. It's a mouthful. And he and Haman were chummies, you know. I'm sure he had some kind of nickname for him. Anyway, he says, A fellow that the king wants to honor, you take the royal garments and you take the horse of the king. And he had one more thing which the king didn't hear. And you put the crown of the king on his head. Because Haman right away thought, hey, he's talking about me, let's do this one right. And go on the royal horse down Main Street of Haidu, or Kush, or wherever he was. Go down Main Street... Okay, the, the audience said I should stop it. It was in Shushan. And march down Main Street, Shushan, and have him scream in front of, and have a servant, a big servant. And now he thought already, the next big servant must be Mordechai. So he get Mordechai to do this in front of him, and scream out, this is how we do, this is how the king repays his kindness to somebody that he wants to, that he has to repay. And the king turns to Haman and says, that is brilliant, great idea. Go grab Mordechai, the Jew, and put him up just like you said. And I want you personally to lead him through the main streets of Shushan, 
and take him and call out Koche Yosalish. And learn the words in Hebrew. I want you to say it in Hebrew. Now, that's what it says in the Megillah that he screamed out Koche Yosalish. So I guess he told him the words in Hebrew. Well, Haman was not a happy camper. And the message tells us, the, the Megillah tells us that uh, that his own daughter was on the roof, and etc., and she heard it happening, and she saw it going on. She saw one guy in the royal garb, and one guy screaming. She felt it must have been her father on the horse. Thank you. And therefore, she dumped the garbage on his head. We won't go to the gory details of what was in the garbage and everything else. We'll leave that out. Party finishes. The horse ride is over. The garments have to be given back. He obviously did not have the crown. And the Megillah tells us, Vayashav And the Gemara, if you keep score at home, is Mesechtis Megillah. Tezayin And the Yomara says, Amar of Sheishis. If Sheishis says, <coughs> what, is Marachai, what does it mean he returned to the gate of the, of the king? Sheshav l'sakai l'tanisei. He put back on his sackcloth and began to fast again. Continuous fast. Whoa, Marachai. What's wrong with you? You just had the glory of glory. Haman had the dump of the dump, literally speaking. What are you going back to this again? Don't you see the light at the end of the tunnel? Don't you see this means the Geula is imminent? It's really starting to happen? It's unfolding in front of you? What do you go back to the sackcloth and the fasting? It's over. This Gullus is Dunsky. We're moving on. And we know you're not allowed to fast for no need, for naught. I mean, again, naught has limits to it. Sometimes, for certain reasons, certain people feel they have to fast. Sometimes you have to ask it off, whatever. And people used to fast for bad dreams. But if we're doing tshuva, it's for repentance reasons, then perhaps, perhaps you can find a loophole to fast. Not only did he not need to fast anymore, it's also it's prohibited to fast. What was Malachi thinking when he went back to the fasting stage? Malachi knew very well this entire decree was pending on the spiritual status of the Jews. And as long as the Jews were bound to HaKadosh Baruch Hu,
they'd be good. Then the Goyim cannot do anything to them. And they can't do anything to the children. If something should happen to anybody, to the generation, to the children, anything like that, it's all from HaKadosh Baruch Hu. Only HaKadosh Baruch Hu would want that because of the sins. The reason HaKadosh Baruch Hu brought this pain on Am Yisrael wasn't to torture them, but rather to cleanse them. Lirchis Tsoyaz Bnei as the prophet Yeshaya tells us, literally to clean off the dirt from Benayisian. Like a father washing off his child. Sometimes you use cold water to take away this. It's not enough. Father washes son with warm water. Shasmaisa. might hurt the child. Child's little. Doesn't know why the child the father's doing this. But Lemaisa, father's just simply trying to clean the child. Same with Akash Baruchu. B'nai Yisrael is his nation. Sometimes he sin and other decrees of HaKadosh Baruch Hu, the bitter decrees that HaKadosh Baruch Hu sends upon us. This is all for our good. To cleanse what we've done and to wipe it all clean, to give us a clean slate and to move on. And since this too, Malachi saw the king turning over And how he wanted what he wanted actually for now. Haman taking him on the horse. This didn't make him, this didn't appease him. Because he still didn't feel the Jews were up to par. And therefore he went back to his fasting. Malachi understood very well. That this one physical happening was not a perpetual thing. And when it comes to the spiritual status of the Jewish nation, they needed to repent and to nullify the decree. And Marachai saw that it had not yet, they had not yet repented properly. And therefore he returned to his status. Only when he saw the Jews standing up in the trial, the test of fasting three days and three nights, and they did a full repentance, only then did he understand, now I know the decree has been nullified. Now we can put on the Lavush Malchus. So the focus back on Pasha South, because you now have what to talk about by the Purim Suda. But what's going to happen to Shabbos? 
You're going to turn around and come to Shabbos and say, uh-oh, I didn't get anything for Shabbos. Shabbos is coming. Rabbi say, please monitor how you eat on Purim. Make sure you don't leave over too many leftovers, because Friday people like the leftovers. And then comes Shabbos right away, and we fresh in fresh food. You should not eat the leftovers from Purim on Shabbos. It's really... It's not. It just doesn't go. Anyway. There are different services. We're talking about We talk about all the kabbalas, the sacrifices. And the different services that different kahanim, different levim had in the Beis HaMikdash. The Kehanim that served in the Beis HaMikdash were commanded to wear certain clothes. Big day kuhuna. Regular Kehanim had four garments and the Kehanim God had eight. There was one of the jobs in the Beis HaMikdash to take the fire, the, the ashes off the Mizbeach. The fire, you had wood, Sacrifices burning on it, it had to be cleaned up up there. Someone's got to clean up that mess. Interesting, just to note, <laughs> it didn't rain that often in Yerushalayim, first of all, so you can't rely on rain to come by and wash it off. But more importantly, The eight, the ashan, the flame, the fire, the smoke, stack of smoke that went up off the mizbeach went straight. It didn't get affected by the winds that were blowing, and the fire always remained on the mizbeach, which hopefully we'll be able to get talk to if we don't stop procrastinating here. The Kahanim had to change their clothes in order to take this dash and dig off these ashes and take it out of the machna. And the Pasuk says, the Pasha is begotten, the is begotten, the They took off their garments, they put on other garments. <coughs> Simpler garments. Rashi explains, He should not make the garments which he serves in the Beis HaMikdash on a regular basis, he should not make them dirty, and therefore he changes clothes. Rashi continues, and brings a marshal, Begodim Shebishel Behem Kedera Rabbi, the garments that you wore to cook for your master, Al Yimzik Behen Kes Rabbi, you don't come serve him face to face to pour wine for him. The second answer, the second reason that Rashi is giving, 
is answering a question that wakes up over here. There were many things to do in the Migdish. And many of those things got your garments dirty. Shechita, slaughtering, the getting the, gathering the blood, spraying the blood, the, the uh, bringing up on the fire. And of course we know also Haram HaSadashim, bringing up, picking up the ashes. Where did the Karim do all the rest of the Avedis? They were dressed in Big Dikahuna. <coughs> they got dirty then too. <coughs> Only if I saw you said they have to change their clothes. And if you want to tell me they wore an apron for Shita, <laughs> an apron for spraying the blood, wear an apron for taking out the ashes. Eh, it's not the same. When you're shechting, you wear a rubber apron, and they will be. Do me a favor. Stop talking to yourself. The answer is as follows. And it comes in the example, in the marshal. When the servant serves his master in front of him, the dirt is not considered dirt, it's part of the service. The chef won't usually bring out the food. Because obviously he's all marked up with the food. But even the waiter, he usually tries to be pristine in his garment. He's a shaykh to have something on him. The one that prepares, as we said, cooks the, the pot which is not in front of the master, that dirt is dirt. The splatter, the oil, the stains, all those stains, that's considered dirty. And for that garment, in that garment, it's not fitting to go and serve your master, to pour for your master. Very nice. And therefore, it's different the service, the regular service that a servant does, a maid, the, the waiter, the butler, whatever it is, they're shy to get dirty while they're pouring a cup of coffee or something like that. But it's not the same dirt of the person that's sitting in the kitchen and cooking. But this all wakes up another whole different vista, a whole different question. If the taking out of the ashes is different so much, That is essence. Almost sounds like it's superfluous, the actual job. Why is the tailor command the Kayan to do this? <coughs> Why is he commanded to do two things? This should be his his old job. The garbage man. Take a guy that can't do the regular service in the Besamikdash, a Balmum or something like that. If you've been scored home, we discussed this in the Gemara, the opinion of Rabbi Lezer in Mesech Yuma 23, side 2, of Gimel Amit Beis. Take the Balmum, person who has a kain has a blemish and can't do the regular Veda, let him do the cleaning off the ashes. 
But rather, the Tate is teaching us a very powerful lesson in service to God. A Jew serves HaKadosh Baruch Hu, not only by doing mitzvahs with pale, but also preparing for the mitzvah. And also the parts that he has to do himself. <coughs> if he keeps his score home, he can you can also find it above Metziah Peheim and Beis. And the Yomara tells us, Chia didn't suffice himself the fact that he was teaching the children but he also prepared everything his own hands, the writing of a Sefer From the beginning. The inks, the fells, the skins, whatever he needed. And then he took the meat that he used for the animals and he gave it to the orphans to eat. As he said, he took the skins and he made it into, uh, into the cloth, into the parchment. And therefore it says, How great is the work of Chia. Another lesson we learn from this is how to influence on our friend, on our fellow Jew. One could think, a Jew could think, I'm doing mine, and the guys that are in Bismedrish, I'll influence them, I'll fabring with them, I'll have to do, I'll talk to them. Because these are guys that are sitting in for rabbi, for his master. But someone chutzlamachna, someone that's OTD, eh, not my business. Therefore, the Torah tells us, this Aveda as well, we give to other Kahanim. And this is therefore what it says, that also the service was not given to other Kahanim but he himself had to do it even though this was a little bit of a downslide from his regular when he does this he's called a full Kahan he does other works other services changes his clothes does the menial work of taking out the ashes as well and so it should be for us, HaKadosh Baruch Hu himself takes each and every one of us out of the Golas and brings us to Kol HaMisrael, to the Gul HaMidashtema, Aydei Mashiach, Tzadkenu, Karev, Mamesh, Amen, Kenyi Ratzon. Basik tells us, and this is what they talked about before, 
A perpetual flame stayed on the Mizbeach, on the altar, and cannot be extinguished. No matter who, what, when, and where, this flame needed to be burning. It's known the Mizbeach represents the heart of a person. Just like the Mizbeach is a place that flames are burning, so too the heart of the person has to have a burning flame of feelings and of connection to God. This is therefore one of the spiritual messages of our parasha. A person needs to be concerned that the Aish the love of Hashem, the flame comes to Tera Mitzvahs, never ever be extinguished. And this goes back again to the topic we started this year with, of the Adlayada. If a person is going to imbibe and drink and loses faculties about himself, you are endangering yourself to Chazashom, come to a place where you will forget the Davim Maidiv, where you won't say a proper Devartet at the table, etc., etc. The flame must always be lit, always always kindled, and always burn. Talmud Yerushalmi, it says, Tomid means even Shabbos. Tomid means even when they're not pure. This halacha also, on these two parts, teaches us a lesson of the flame that love of love of God. What's Shabbos? The essence of Shabbos detaches us from the mundane week. In that day, the person involves themselves fully, fully spiritually. Godliness. Nothing. No mundane work, no thinking about work, no talking about work, no acting with work. So one could think that there's no problem. I'm pure, I'm spiritual, look at me. Tell us the Tata tell me the feel of this flame has to be burning of this Hashem is a mandatory level. And it needs to get higher and higher. And the person can turn this entirely over men in a situation where their spirituality is a little bit on the downside. If Hashem, the Timayim, they can also think to themselves, they have no longer any connection to that flame. The Ava, the Slavas of the Kajbarach tells us the Tata Tamid, even Tuma, even in a situation where the spirituality is a little bit downslide. One needs to see to it they perpetually have the flame burning. Adirava. This is the Jewish the heat, the warmth of within a Jew. This is the awakening of the love, the basis of the Kaddish Baruch Hu. 
So take that flame and see to it that it rises up. Eisha Kedish is the Keach to take away and to burn the Eisha Zara, the strange flame of the Tivus of the world. As the Mazich Magi told us, as long as Eish Tamit took it out of Mizbeach, as long as the flame is always burning the Mizbeach, referring to the person's heart, then he guarantees Shalai Sikhbe will never be extinguished. All the negativity needs to be taken away, and therefore the flame will be perpetual. This expression from Unzir Magid, Mazich Magid, adds another explanation of the importance of Eish Tamid. that has to be at all times in all situations only this constant flame can see to it that it excludes and eliminates all different improper thoughts words things that a person should not be doing. And this is Slavos, this moment, moment, momentarily, this short moment, where the change, and a person lets down their guard, and they let the Yetzirah in, and convince them, Eish HaTomid, the, the constant flame, needs to be there to burn this all away, and to, to burn a path for us to be able to conquer and overcome this. And therefore it's incumbent on each and every one of us to see to it that we keep our inner flame burning in our Mishkin HaPinimi of the Asli Midrash HaShachanti B'Seicham if it's Nyani Teda Mitzvahs that are done with fire, with flame, with fervor, with life, or what's done, Mitzvahs are just the people that learn. And therefore, the ultimate way to choose, the ultimate path to walk, is in such a way, Umekayim Teda Mitzvahs, if he has doubt, and how to fulfill his obligations alone. Or, he tries to add to Mahadar Mitzvah, his hidden Mitzvah, his enhancing his Mitzvah, enhancement of his Mitzvah, sees to it that it strengthens the knot and the bond with his inner soul, and therefore remains Eish Tamid. And so as we embark now, the Yamtif of Purim, as we said, we wish Taka that everyone would have, and as we say, like Yehuda Maisa Eirevesimcha, there was Eirevesimcha, came to Yelano, as we say in Abdullah, may it be to each and every one of us, and that we should dance just like. The Yidden danced out of the Achashvedesh under the rule of Achashvedesh. There should be world peace and tranquility, which will all return once again to the Yom Shekulei Tev, 
Shabbos of Menucha Lachaye Lomim to the day of Mashiach's coming, may it be now, today, that we leave this bitter gullus behind and that we find happiness, joy, solace, and comfort within ourselves and with one another. Freilich and Purim and a good Shabbos.